We're in a series of messages about wrestling and prayer. My assignment for today is about prayer for the anxious heart, and it comes from the Psalms, Psalm 121, and uh, Psalms are songs or prayers, if you will. There's 150 of them, enough for virtually every condition of uh, humankind. Um, I'm going to invite you to take out your Bible, look up your Bible, whatever, however you do that, and uh, if you're going to use your phone, then look for the ESV. It's just what we use here. And uh, the reason I'm asking you to do that is because I want us to read it together. And as we read it together, it's a prayer together. Uh, before getting there, um, uh, let me set the stage a little bit. It's kind of like setting the table for dinner, a uh, little preparation. When we think about prayer, uh, maybe you're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Lord's Prayer teaches us uh, what to pray. When you enter into the Psalms and every human condition, it's more about how to pray, how to talk with God, how to be close to God, develop the relationship with God through prayer. Uh, in our culture, spirituality is up, uh, religion is down, people are looking for an experience with God, something, somehow to be connected with that which is beyond me, to be inspired a little bit. To someone that's bigger than me, but I still want to live my life the way that I want to. Don't, don't change my life. I just want to be inspired. Well, this prayer, 121, uh, if you have it there, there's a little tag there that says a song of ascents. Um, that means that uh, this psalmist, the, the, the collector, has put 15 of these psalms together, it goes from 120 over to 134, where you see this little tagline, uh, a song or a psalm of ascent. Uh, why these prayers? And uh, I don't have a full answer for you. I have some ideas from reading uh, other people and what they think about it. And it might be that uh, the 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 nation of Israel has, they sinned against God and God brought his judgment and he brought his judgment to them by exiling them, by taking them away to Babylon. And they were in Babylon for 70 years. Um, that's like almost a lifetime. And now they are returning home perhaps. They're coming from Babylon in caravans and as they are coming and uh, making their way back home, back towards Jerusalem, where the temple is, where the ark is, where the representations of the presence of God are, uh, they get to look upward. Their, their focus is almost forced into the mountains or to the hills, and they're kind of saying, well, that's home. And so we're, this song of ascent, this prayer of ascent, might be that they are coming from Babylon, uh, from their waywardness, and now they're looking home. Way to go. Can't wait to get home. Or, 
there are three really important uh, festivals or feasts that the Israelites celebrated. Um, there is a feast of Pentecost, uh, the feast of Passover, feast of Tabernacles, and it could be that in their uh, living before the Lord that they're making their way to Jerusalem. If you're able to, uh, you made your way to Jerusalem in order to celebrate those feasts. Anyway, they are moving upward, going up to Jerusalem. This is where God resides, figuratively, or in the presence of the temple and the ark. It's God's presence, and we're moving, and we're advancing, and we're going home, and we're ready to sing the hallelujah chorus. All right, it wasn't written yet. Uh, in Psalm 121, you'll, you'll address God as, and see him as helper and keeper. Key words for today. And it's in his role or in his character as being helper and keeper and the promises that he makes to his people. Uh, Psalm 121, believe it or not, is sandwiched between Psalm 120 and 122. In Psalm 120, there's uh, this call in, uh, in distress um, somehow, God, you've got to come and help us. Uh, we have faced evil in our world, and only your salvation will relieve that distress. And then Psalm 121, that we're going to pray in just a second, is given to us so that we would find uh, our help, our hope, in the nature of God and what he does and then Psalm 122, I was so, we finally made it. I was so glad when they said to me, let's go to church. Well, let's go to the house of the Lord. So when you come here on a Sunday morning, uh, I mean, I got to have coffee and wake up. I know that. But when we get here, we get to worship. And it's not just an individual thing that we do but we get to do it together. God's people, having our eyes be able to be pointed upward and focused and we get recalibrated and rejuvenated in the week for the week that's ahead, all in our worship. So if you have Psalm 121, uh, I'm going to ask you to read with me. And uh, please try to remember that we're not just reading words. It's a prayer that we offer unto God. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Two prayers. I don't know if you're... Uh, I, I know that in our congregation, many of you have followed the Lord for a long time. You've prayed thousands and thousands and thousands of prayers. But sometimes we just get to prayer and say, oh, I, you know, I think about prayer. I know I should pray, but, you know, I don't really pray. 
So I'm going to offer you two simple prayers. First is, Jesus, help me. The second is, Jesus, keep me. It's the way our message is going to go this morning. Uh, Jesus, help me. Uh, these people who are assembled now together and moving homeward, they are the one who have a focused gaze. They're walking and they look to the hills. Now, the hills, they can be a sign of majesty and strength, and therefore they're going to have their eyes lifted uh, forward and knowing that God is majestic and he's full of power and strength or it could be that in these hills there are shrines there are places in these hills where there are these places where people worship actually worship other gods not the god but they worship other gods and they 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 go to those gods and they offer sacrifices in order for god those gods to protect them Whatever the hills are, they are a place of trust and heart and commitment and hope. But the hills are also this distraction and full of compromises. And if we get our eyes off of the Lord, then we can give ourselves to those practices, those places. And it, uh, it does not serve us well. So the psalmist, the prayer is, well, where does my help come from? The, the desire sort of answers the questions. Is it, is it going to be in the hills? No, it's not in the hills. Jeremiah 3.23 says that those hills are, are they're, they're a delusion. They're, they're a disappointment. Wherever you go away from God, whatever you commit yourself to, whatever your heart is, it's going to ultimately disappoint you in your life. It just does so I'm helpless I need God I need Jesus stuff just kind of happens and I wind up not being able to find my way I tried and I tried and I helped and I tried but I just I got busted it didn't work out so in this prayer, my help is in the Lord. Notice several times, I think there's four or five times, this word Lord is used. If you're not familiar with this, then it's capitalized. L-O-R-D, because this is, this, this, this is like, he's the Lord of all. The God that I speak to is sovereign he's uh, he, he's the one who has come to me to make a uh, to make a covenant a, a binding document a way that I would give my life to him he, he's he's the Lord of all he's he's big he knows everything sees everything he's powerful over everything I mean he's the one who has made heaven and earth so in my, in my prayer, I'm going, to, I'm going to look to him. Uh, maybe there's something that's going to happen in me that, that, that's going to force me even to pray. Things just haven't worked out. My life is in disarray. You, you see, we don't wind up, if we're not used to praying, if we're not used to looking heavenward, we generally don't slide into 
having a relationship with God. Oftentimes it takes a jolt. It takes something that's really hard, a defining moment, if you will. God may use uh, a compelling truth. He may open our eyes up to saying that this God who is in heaven that, that I, I think about, he really is who he says he is, that, that this one that he sent, Jesus, really is God. And he made the heavens and the earth. It might be a compelling truth that just draws me unto it. It might be an excruciating pain. It might be that something that's really messed up in my life. And, and that pain produces me to do something, to move somewhere. And maybe my heart will move towards God because of it. But it will be a defining moment. Maybe it's going to be this, this way that God is described in, in his, his irresistible love, if you will. That I'm not on my own, that I am not alone, that I have a, a resource available to me, one who has loved me so much that he has demonstrated that love in his, his son. You see, we, we, we just can't be casual Christians. We can't be cultural Christians. We can't just think that prayer is a good idea. I actually have to pray. And, and, and maybe that's like new to you. And so maybe I would just offer a prayer. Jesus, help me. You're the one who is the maker of heaven and earth. And I'll fall to my knees. God, help me. Here's my focus. I don't want distractions to come. I don't want compromise to come. I don't want apathy to set in. I'm just going to go to God and say, God, would you help me? You're the maker of heaven and earth. You're the creator. You are, you're not in the hills. You made the hills. And you are the ruler of it. You are the authority of it. You can do anything. And you have made them to be good. You're the sovereign Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm moving home. I'm moving towards Jerusalem. Um, a, a, a few weeks ago, uh, we got a text, email, something like that. And uh, this couple said, well, uh, his name is John John. And he was born on May 26th, 2023, now 17 days old. John John is a, is a story and a dream, and it's an answer to prayer of young parents. His mother, her name is Cassidy, and she was four years old when she started coming to our church. She came with her twin sister and with her parents, and they didn't know Jesus, but they came to know Jesus. As a teenager, she became a Christian. And, and, and John John's father, he started coming to our church when he was 15 years old, 10 years later, and He's a Christian too, and the Lord got us together a little bit. We spent lots of time together in the Bible and theology and praying together, just the two of us. And they prayed, and uh, these two fell in love, and they got married, and they headed out to be a youth pastor out in Kansas City, and they're about 30 years old or so now, and they, they wanted children. And lots of prayers were prayed. And there were disappointments that came along and tears that followed and no children. Sort of strange, isn't it? Christ followers, Christians. and So many people were praying for them. Well, word came and God's answer was that they would sign up for adoption. And so 17 days ago, a handsome young lad, they named him John John, came into their forever family. It's uh, sort of humbling that his name in part is after me. How in the world could somebody actually do that? But it's their child. 
It's really quite a story, isn't it? Even in disappointment, God is my help. Prayer. Prayer comes, and, and maybe it's just a whisper. God, would you be my helper? God's willing to help. He's all-powerful enough to help. That's his promise. So now in my prayer, will I trust God with his power and his authority? Will I comfort myself in God when difficulty and danger comes? And when they come at their greatest, will I trust them? Well, well what, what do you do with these promises? We're, we're going to list, I'm going to list ten of them in just a second. So it'll, it won't be like a top ten. It'll just be ten because that's what the Bible has. And uh, uh, there, there's an old dead guy. His name is Jonathan Edwards. You may have heard of him comes from about the 1750s, only 250 years ago. But he says that the promises in the Bible should become matters for focused prayers of God's people. It's amazing. He never took it that way. He says that God abundantly makes the subject of his promises, that God's people should abundantly make the subject of their prayers. God's abundant promises, God's People praying abundant prayers. God says, I'll be your helper. We pray, God, would you help me? Help me. Jesus, help me. Is that a prayer you would pray? Or if you prayed any prayer this morning, and you were sure that God were going to say yes to that prayer, what would you pray? He's the maker of heaven and earth. What would you pray? History kind of belongs to those who pray. We lift up our promises as prayers to him as the Lord of all. Jesus, help me. Jesus, keep me. Six times the word keep is there. You can take a peek. Six times. Clearly, verse 5 says, the Lord is your keeper. So, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to list the ways. There are 10 of them. You, you, can, you can mark them, you can underline them, you can ignore them. I don't know. Um, uh, but uh, he's the keeper. And we'll get to that in a second. But, but here's, the, here's the promises that he makes that I would suggest that we can take and make them to be requests. And I'm just, I got a one-liner pretty much for each one if I don't get distracted. Um, he will not let your foot slip. God, the maker of heaven and earth, who is your helper, is now your keeper. He will not take his eye off of you. You will not fall. You are in, in his most capable hands. Your foot will not slip. Verse 3, he who keeps you will not slumber. The maker of heaven and earth will not close his eyes in slumber. He will not take his eyes off of you. He doesn't get weary. You will not be forgotten. And number 3 from verse 4, make sure now, behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He's not going to take a short nap, if you will, and he's not going to fall into deep sleep in his care God is always watching. God is always keeping. The eyes of God are ever on his children, on you and me. It's impossible for God not to see you. 
it, 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 I don't know, it's, it, it, it's like he's got you on location, I guess. Every moment of every day, he knows right where you are. Number four, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. This shade part is uh, having coolness, having rest, covered from the sun's heat that comes, comes down. I, f- I find rest in, in, in who God is. Number five, the sun shall not strike you by day. There's no sun strike here. The, the, the heat may come, uh, maybe even oppressive heat. We're headed for Florida this week, and we're going to find oppressive heat. But he will keep you even in the heat of trouble. He will keep you. Son, bring it on. Now I'm thinking of UV rays and all that sort of thing. Uh, uh, in this trouble from the heat of the sun, he'll be with you. A northern moon by night, I think this is just coldness, kind of desert and loneliness. And whether it's the sun or the moon, God says, I'll, I'll keep you. I've proven that, haven't I? I mean, I, I gave, when you were out there wandering around, I gave you a pillar of cloud by day, and I gave you a pillar of fire by night in order to, to protect you, to remind you of my presence. Sun or moon, I'll, I, I, I'll keep you. I'm present with you always, day, daytime, nighttime. It will not come to you, near to you, but I will keep you. Number seven, you're always safe. No, verse, verse seven, uh, the Lord will keep you from all evil. Really? Whatever kind of evil comes, whatever kind of evil threatens from the evil one, from the evil of sin, from the evil of, uh, of wandering from God, from the evil of trouble, doing evil, suffering evil, thinking about doing evil, whew, all evil, the Lord will keep you from it. Number eight, the Lord will keep your life. Your life is God's. Your life is God's. It's not yours. And he takes special care to preserve it. Not defiled by sin, not distorted by trouble. Uh, the Lord will keep your life. Number nine, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. He will keep you all in all his ways through life and through death. And he'll do it, number 10, from this time forth forevermore. There is today and there is heaven and heaven is coming. He will be with you. Ten points, I don't know how many you marked. Maybe you marked one, maybe you marked ten, maybe you marked twelve, maybe you found a few others. All I'm trying to get after is we have to lift a prayer towards God. Not that prayer is a good idea, but that I would pray. God watches over me. God keeps his eyes upon me. God, you will be with me today. God, you're my rest and my strength. God, keep me, in the, keep me safe in the heat of trouble. God, keep me in coldness. God, keep me from all evil. God, take care of my life. God, keep me when I go and when I come. God, keep me today and forevermore. Home, home, home. How can you go wrong? You really want to live our lives by ourselves? Your prayers are mine. Promises given and prayers to be prayed together. If you uh, notice, I don't know if you noticed it, but in verse 4 it says, well, after he says that he is our keeper, behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I I take that to mean that we'll do this together. 
The Israelites are in this caravan, maybe, and they're doing it together. And, and, and maybe it's for the church that together we would take promises and we would make prayers. Uh, I don't, I'm going to take you to uh, another Bible verse. This one might be hard to find. It's, it's in a little book called Zechariah. So maybe you just want to li- listen. But th- here's, here, here's our take on it. As, as we pray, uh, Jesus help me, Jesus keep me. We're not alone. We're the, we're the church of Jesus Christ. We are, we, we are those who are, who are a light into our world. We, we, we are a life-giving agent, if you will. And the nations, the nations will come. The nations will get home because Jesus is coming because Jesus has come. This is Zechariah chapter 8, verse 20. I I hope it helps you. Uh, Thus says the Lord of hosts, peoples shall yet come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, let us go at once to entreat the favor of the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I myself am going. In our context today, one city to another, God is our helper. God is our keeper. Let's get together and, and, and seek this one who is the Lord, the Lord of hosts, maker of heaven and earth. And then it says, many people, strong, many peoples and strong nations, that's a lot of people, shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem. That might be like saying CVPC. At least it's saying the church of Jesus Christ. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in these days ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, a believer, saying, let us go with you for we have heard that God is with you. Isn't that amazing? You, we have this opportunity because we have been changed by the maker of heaven and earth who sent his one and only son to die for us and he has called us unto himself. All right, one more distraction. It may not be the last one, but one more distraction. The Psalms, there's 150 of them, right? And uh, the first one is sort of like a gateway. It's, it's sort of like an introduction to the rest of the Psalms. And it, it opens up by saying, you know, blessed. You want to get blessed? Blessed is the, the, the person who does not hang around with wicked people. Uh, You've got to go through your own descriptions of what that means. T- to me, I'm just trying to say, If we're going to offer prayers to God, then we have to be obedient people. We have to follow God fully. I know we don't, but the desire of our hearts is to follow him, to obey him. He's holy and he's righteous. And I just want to give my life to be able to follow him. And then it says, and he has given us the Bible. The law of the Lord has been given to us so that we might meditate on it day and night. So if I pull out my Bible once a week, does that kind of like get it? Mm, it's better than once a month. But this, uh, 
this is life-giving in my prayer life. I, I, I want to give myself to opening up a Bible and reading it. I, I, and I, let me add one, one more part. If, if we're looking for connection with God, and we want to pray even simple prayers, God help me, God be my keeper, it has to be in Jesus' name. And, and here's a dramatic shift that sometimes people have to make, that they, they, they've lived their own life, maybe they've thought about God quite a bit, but they recognize that, that he, he really is a holy, righteous God, and, and they haven't lived rightly before him. And so they would acknowledge their waywardness, they would acknowledge their sin, and find that because they, they know some of the message, sort of like a cross up there, they, they know a message about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who made the heavens and earth, came to earth so that he would give his life as a ransom, as a sacrifice for the sins of people, that he would take upon himself that sin. And, and sometimes it, it might be like Cassidy or Caleb, or it might be like me, or that we, we have to recognize that I've got to turn away from my sin. I, I've got to turn away from my waywardness, from, from trying to figure out stuff myself and just give myself to Jesus. And through his death and through his resurrection, there's new life in him. Sometimes I wonder whether Psalm 121 was on Jesus' mind. That, that, this is a push, but here's my Savior in Gethsemane. And he's ready to face Jerusalem. Jerusalem is, this is his mission. Do you lift heavenward and know that his help comes from the Lord? When he's suspended between heaven and earth on a cross. And he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Does he do, do that with his eyes upward? If you haven't seen the interview, uh, the Oklahoma Sooner, Sooners uh, girls softball team, how many have, have you seen this? Oh, you got to Google this deal. These girls are sold out for Jesus. These ladies, I, I guess I'm not going they're sold out for Jesus. And if you look at this interview for, from ESPN, uh, how, how difficult is it to keep like winning seasons going for a couple of years now? You know, the pressure, you've never lost a game. How do you keep up with that pressure? Well, it's not that kind of pressure because our joy is in Jesus. Our joy is not in softball. It's not in a championship. It's in Jesus. And the girl, I think her name is Gracie Lyons, she says, and our eyes are always looking that great? I think it is. Okay, so so what are you going to do? Uh, if you're not used to this, pick a time. Pick a time to pray. Uh, some of you are morning people. Some of you are late people. I think God kind of listens at 5 a.m. as well as he listens at 11 p.m. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Just pick a, pick a time when you're going to say a prayer. It, it might be at dinner time. It might be this might be new to you. Maybe you as a family, maybe you as a husband, you've never reached across the table and held your wife's hand in order to say a prayer together. Maybe you just 
humble yourself because men know how to do things. This, we, we just fail at this. Maybe we would just reach across the table and hold my wife's hand and just, Jesus, help me. Be a star. Pick a time to, 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 to pray, a, a simple talk. Pick a place. It could be a chair. It could be in the front of your pickup truck. Uh, just pick a, pick a place. Establish a routine. Uh, include the Bible, maybe, with it. If, if you're sitting at the kitchen counter and you're wolfing down your Cheerios, you know, put a Cheerio. Instead of looking at the Cheerios box for the 17th time, put a little Bible next to you and just start. All I can tell you is, I don't, I don't do this real well, but, okay, I do it pretty, no, I don't do it real well. I, I just wish I did it more because it's so life-giving. You're not alone. God will help you and God will keep you. I, I think about, you know, all this in the context of CDPC as well, and here, here's what I'm thinking about. Uh, I don't know, you, you don't really care what I think. Um, we, we, got, we got summertime coming, and uh, VBS is ready to kick off in a couple weeks, and then uh, uh, senior high kids are going to um, RYM. I don't know why they get to go to the beach all the time, but they're going to RYM, and uh, they're going to lear learn about the faithfulness of God, and then we're going to gather over in Lafayette with our middle school, with the middle school students, and we're going to talk about the faithfulness of God. And I w wonder about our, our, our prayers for them. And then we're, we're going to have a whole day of prayer. Uh, pastors called us to be together and offer prayers. What if one of those prayers is for the, the kids on these trips? And what if six months from now, one of them just walks up to you and says, you know, I don't know what you guys prayed back there on June 23rd, but, you know, I was ready to go into a ditch. And I didn't. Wouldn't that be pretty cool to know that your prayers saved a kid along the way? What if 10 years from now, some 26-year-old walks up to you and says, you know, you guys prayed back there in 23, and one of your prayers was for me. And uh, I just accepted Jesus as my Savior. Wouldn't that be cool? And I think that's the regular working of God in the midst of our world. These are, these are prayers. These are kingdom prayers we pray. And we lift our eyes to the Lord. We, it gives us hope and it gives us life. And we do this together, individually, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So our prayers go when they go today and forevermore. Forevermore. The other day... Um, Ruth and I were sitting at the dining room table. Ruth is my wife, and she is here. Because if she wasn't here, then I'd be ruthless, but I'm not. Uh, and uh, she, she put her hand out, and it was palm down. And she said, man, I'm getting all wrinkly. I said, no, you're not. I didn't have my contact in. Uh, no. Uh, uh, I just said, no, no, you're not. And you know what? Even if you are. You stick out your wrinkly hand, and I'll stick out my. And I'll stick out my wrinkly hand. And we'll just hold hands. 
from this day and forevermore. It's just what I want to do. And uh, maybe we'll be able, to be able to walk through the gate together. It's everybody's dream, I know, but people of God, we get to pray. If you don't have a relationship with God, get a relationship with God going. Reach out to somebody. There, there's just... The maker of heaven and earth has sent his one and only son to us that he might die for us and that we might have life in him. It's a beautiful deal. Thanks for listening. And uh, Take your Bible again. Let's, let's pray once more. Can, we, can, we, can I do that? Um, and uh, maybe you got a little background for some things that you would actually be praying as we, as we pray reading. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he keeps Israel, will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The Lord shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out, if you're coming in, from this time forth and forevermore. And Jesus, because you are the Lord of all, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray this in your great and holy name. Amen.